Tech Talk with Jess Kelly. In association with Viatel Technology Group, IT leaders breathe easy with Viatel Managed Cybersecurity. Viatel.com. This is News Talk. Yeah, you're very welcome along to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Coming up over the next hour, what happens if you fall for a Revolut scam? Sinead Ryan will join me to discuss the consumer protections that are in place. We'll find out what disruption the digital services bill will have on the tech companies based here in Ireland. And I'll dip into the mailbag to answer your tech questions. As ever, if you want to get in touch, drop me an email to techtalk at newstalk.com or you'll find me on Instagram at jesskellynt. But I want to start this week with Revolut scams. On Tuesday evening, I was sitting at home when an SMS of all things landed on my phone. And here's what it said. Revolut in capital letters. We have restricted features within your app until you have completed a ID selfie check. Visit revolut-ire-support.com to confirm your identity. Now, I knew instantly it was a scam because of a few things. Number one, it came from an 085 number. Number two, the typos within the copy of the text and the URL within the text were just complete red flags. And number three, Revolut has repeatedly said they will never send messages of this nature to customers. If steps need to be taken to verify your account or do something with your account, you'll get a push notification or a notification within the app. But I was curious and I had a bit of time to kill. So I clicked through, which let's just state this very clearly, you should never do. Never, ever click on a link that comes in via text or via email I was doing it in the name of research from a dummy device and I used all dummy details. Anyway, here's what happened. I was brought to a capture screen to verify that I was a real person. Then a legit looking Revolut logo appeared before a prompt to log into my account via my registered mobile number. Now, at this stage, I didn't get a verification or a 2FA or a multi-factor authentication prompt at all. Uh, It just brought me to another screen. It prompted me to put in my Revolut pin. So I put in fake four digit pin. And then it asked me to confirm my personal details. Now, had I put in my legitimate information, these scammers would have had, here's the list, my full name, my email address, my date of birth, my address, my air code, my device details, and my Revolut pin. That's an awful lot of information that could potentially be handed over in a matter of minutes. Now, again, just to state, I didn't hand over any real information. I knew full well it was a scam. But I got to thinking about those who may have fallen victim to these types of texts or other equally sophisticated scams. And I want to bring you an email from a woman who wants to remain anonymous. She emailed me here at the show and she said... Hi Jess, I was scammed out of just shy of €2,000. I got a call from someone who said they were an air representative. I'm currently looking to find a fault on my broadband line, so I thought it was legit. The rep asked me to download a quick share app, which I did. I was told that a refund of €345 was due. They asked for my bank or Revolut details to send the money. I just opened my Revolut account and €930 was gone. I was in shock. I opened my app again and another €930 was gone. 
I wasn't asked for a security number to ensure I was happy to send that amount. The money was just taken. I reported the incident to my local Garda station straight away. I feel like a total fool since this incident. It took a long time for me to earn that money. I haven't slept properly for days. I'm riddled with fear and anxiety since this happened. I refuse to answer a phone call unless I know the number now. And I'm afraid to use my Revolut account since. Now, this is obviously incredibly upsetting on so many fronts. Uh, This is a huge amount of money. And it's that thing of feeling like you're doing the right thing by engaging with a service provider, being duped and conned out of money. It's just not nice on any level. I got on to Revolut about it. And here is what Revolut said to me. Revolut takes the protection of its customers extremely seriously and is fully aware of the industry-wide risk of customers being coerced by organised criminals. We are very sorry to hear about this case or any instance where our customers are targeted by ruthless and highly sophisticated criminals. Revolut is deeply concerned that the large number of frauds are being enabled by criminals using fake social media adverts, fake texts and, in this case, fake and spoofed phone calls. Banks and financial institutions are often the last link in the fraud chain. And so by the time the customer is authorising the transfer, the fraud has already happened. Revolut and other financial service companies work hard and invest heavily to protect and support customers. But it's also vital that criminals are stopped at the source from using convincing looking phone calls, texts and social media advertisements. Otherwise, they will only step up their efforts to trick people into handing over their money. Sinead Ryan, consumer columnist and presenter of The Home Show here on News Talk, is with me now. Sinead, uh, obviously this is, as I said a second ago, a very upsetting and distressing case for our emailer. I'm just curious, do the digital banks such as Revolut offer the same level of protection as the traditional banks when it comes to cases like this? Um, all banks know that somebody is far more likely to be scammed out of their money by voluntarily giving over their card details or access to their bank account. It is very, very rare for a hacker to come in and burst into your bank account and steal your money, in which case the bank would be culpable. And they get attempted attacks like that thousands of times every month and they they manage to them. So unfortunately, they're left in the position where when a customer loses money because they've given over their details to a scammer, even if they are purporting to be from a company or the government or a legitimate organisation, the banks will argue and they do argue that this isn't their fault. They have the account there. A demand has been made upon it by the owner of that account and they are legally obliged to follow it through. Now, sometimes, of course, they do pick up that this is an unusual transaction. All banks have uh, customer teams that look after um, alerts where, you know, you have money going to foreign bank accounts or you have an extra large transaction. And very often they will contact the customer and say, look, we've just received this alert. Are you sure you want to go ahead with it? But they can't pick up every single one. Yeah, I think we're probably more aware of text and email scams. But the example in this case is somewhat different because it's a caller purporting to be from a legitimate company and our listener felt somewhat blindsided by it. That's a very frightening position to be put in. 
It certainly is. And, you know, that complaint uh, that was received there is not, unfortunately, not uncommon. There are lots and lots of uh, instances where people get exactly the same. I mean, in this case, it's it's um, a communications company, but, but we've all seen those texts coming through from purporting to be from the toll bridge company or from revenue or from you know, on post or somebody's delivering something. And it's really hard to work out what's a scam and what's not. Uh, Now, look, we have also seen examples where Irish-based banks, and I'm talking here about our main retail banks, AIB, Bank of Ireland, Permanent TSB, very often, uh, you know, may take a business view that they don't want the publicity or they don't want to, you know, be on programmes like yours, uh, defending a position where one of their customers has got scammed. And they could, for goodwill reasons, say, we'll square this up, we'll make a refund to them. But they certainly don't have to. And the customer wouldn't have legal rights in that regard. So Revolut in saying, look, we're awful sorry this happened to her, but it's nothing to do with us. Um, You know, to some extent, that is the case. And they do not have to go any further than that. Now, the query I would have is, you know, if there is a conflict, it's often by the customer saying, look, I did not authorize this. I didn't put in my pin. I didn't use my fingerprint or whatever's required. And the company saying, well, you did. Here it is. Uh, and that's sometimes where, where people kind of get into a tussle. And that's exactly the reason that the Financial Services and Pensions Ombudsman exists uh, to tackle those cases and, and come to what is uh, probably the right view. The problem with the FSPO is that they are understaffed and it can take years in some cases for a query to get resolved. And that's really not good enough for people who find themselves in this position. Mm. And just to restate the point here, we're talking about almost €2,000, which is a huge sum of money. And I think one of my big concerns is that, you know, we're in an era where the majority of services we rely on are paperless. And people are being pushed to interact with apps and online interfaces. The fear factor is that the loss of confidence in this case, and I'm sure in other cases, will make it so much more difficult for someone like our emailer. And it could possibly put them off engaging going forward. Indeed, it's a very, very expensive lesson. And often that happens to be the case. I mean, it's of interest to note, actually, that the people who are least likely to be scammed on something like this, uh, as it happens, are older people. Uh, They're not as I'm not being I don't want to kind of make sweeping statements, but to a large extent, they are less tech savvy and they tend to be more cautious about parting with their money. So it is the younger people who can get caught up in these scams because they are so used to doing everything online. They tap, they pay, they go on apps, they swipe, and they're very, very uh, used to it. So I would say to people, look, if something has come out of the blue, if it's something that clicks up, pops up, arrives in your email, an urgent text, there tends to be some similarity in scams, in these kind of what they're called authorised push payment or app scams. That's a temptation to get you to part with your money. Typically speaking, uh, it is something that's urgent. It has to be done now or else there's a really serious consequence. Now, that's actually rare in real life. Okay, so if somebody's authorizing you to do something, you have to do this. It has to be done now. This is going to happen if you don't. That to me is a red light issue right there. So the best thing people can do is separately 
put down the phone, get the caller's name, you know, take what checks you have, never give out the details and just say, even if you want to be polite, and some people do, uh, you can say, look, you can understand that this can sound like a scam. I'm going to take your name and then I'm going to ring the company separately, whether it's Air or Easy Pass or Revenue. And I'm going to, if this is a legitimate call, I'd be happy to talk to you then and make whatever payments are needed. But if it's not, this is how I'm going to do it. Now, that's usually enough to get the scammer off the phone. Uh, and it just gives you a second step nearly against yourself. Uh, to make sure that that is a proper transaction, because when you actually ring the number and never, ever give the number they gave you because it could be compromised. So you go online, you look up the legitimate website and you phone or contact from there. Uh, If it's real, uh, you'll find out very, very quickly. You'll have your account number, you'll have your name. They will let you know if it's not. Well, then you've saved yourself uh, the possibility that you could have been scammed. Yeah, that is good advice and I'd echo every element of it. But one point I feel I need to bring up um, and it's on my mind because of an experience I had trying to contact my own bank a few months ago is that it can be very difficult to speak to a human at some of these service providers. Yeah, I agree with you, Jess. Uh, no no problems with any of that. It can be incredibly difficult. Uh, I mean, I myself, uh, and I write about this stuff all the time and the increasing number of scams um, that, that I come across. And even sometimes I will get a call or a text that looks legitimate and I'll have to, I'll think twice about what it is. So it is very hard. And, and what's worse is it's going to get harder because with the emergence of AI, which of course you know a lot more about than I do, uh, they can imitate voice, imitate accents, imitate um, people in your family. It's terribly, terribly frightening um, how that can happen. Um, So, uh, look, I don't have a fail safe solution except to say that the checks and balances you put in are ones you would take if somebody knocked on your door and purported to be from whatever, and they were asking you to make some financial decision. You you wouldn't just do it there and then on the doorstep. Uh, so getting it in call, text or email is exactly the same. You'd say, give me your card. I'm going to go away and think about it and I'll make my call then. Uh, and that's really the, the best approach to take. Uh, and, that, and that way, if you do get delayed and you can't get through to customer services, well, my top tip when I'm trying to get through to a company is to phone the sales desk, the new business desk because you can be absolutely sure that's where all the staff are. Yeah, that is an excellent tip. Sinead Ryan, as always, thank you so much for your wisdom. Uh, if you have encountered anything similar or you need a bit of advice, you can email me at anystagetechtalk at newstalk.com. Now, when we come back here on News Talk, we're going to take a closer look at the impact the Digital Services Act will have on big tech businesses based here in Ireland.